What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Man. Blue collar, man of the people. Double fist and Bud Lights, probably from uh, the third deck. No, didn't have didn't have one drink. Guy took it in completely sober, and uh, I'm glad I did. Just, I honestly, it wasn't well. <laughs> on the way out, there was this because uh, when you're on the third deck, just with the people, which by far to me, the third deck, 50 yard line might be. And I was talking about Robbie, who I went with, listener of the show. It is easily because when you sell the tickets. And I think a lot of fans, which would be kind of crazy because if you're a fan and you'd been a longtime season ticket holder at Candlestick, you should know this is not basketball or even baseball. Sitting closer to the field in football is not the, – there's a reason the coaching box is – well, now, like with the Niners, it's way up top. But most places, it's in the middle to high. That's where you see everything. And it's by far the best seat in the house is either high second deck or low third deck where I was – you see it all open up. It's, it was fantastic. It was awesome. A lot, lot of twelves. You know, the twelves are uh, this new multiplying fan base. Which you know, honestly, I can't lie. I, I mean, I'm, I've always had a soft spot for Russ. I mean, he is. He's box office man. He really is. Well, what I always say about the twelves is just their franchise was so horrendous for so long that. They don't have bandwagon fans. They just finally earned their fans kind of recently. And so that's why I got no issue with – I don't call them bandwagon fans because they all wear the new jerseys. They just – the team wasn't worth rooting for for most of its franchise's existence. Well, and, Guy, they all wear basically – like when you go to a Niner function, the jerseys are all over the map. Like Rice, Montana, right. to fucking Frank Gore, to Willis, to now like there's a lot of Bosa jerseys. There's a lot of now new, like, Red Sherman jerseys. Obviously, a lot of Jimmy jerseys. It's just countless players from countless eras. I would say about a 90% ratio of the Seahawks jersey is one jersey. Now, it might be the green or the blue, but it's number three. I did see a couple. You probably saw some Shermans. 
Uh, yeah, I did see a couple walking out. Dude had a red Sherman jersey on. She had the blue Seahawks Sherman on. And he's like, well, happy wife, happy life. And I was like, yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, you know the other thing, guy? You know, when you hear some of these stories like, God, you go to a Red Sox-Yankee game, head on a swivel, like Bears-Packers, just a bunch of tough guys in the stadium. You know, Eagles-Cowboys, like it gets edgy. Like Seattle 49er fan, it's honestly pretty friendly. You know, kind of similar cultures, like, hey, good play, man, yeah. And there were a lot, like, there's, I didn't see any fights. I, I, I mean, the only fight I saw were two Niner fans fighting each other. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a relatively friendly environment with the West Coast crowds. It's good. It, it sounded, it looked great on TV. It sounded great on TV. Absolutely rocking. Yeah. Absolutely. The, guy, there were, it got pretty loud because a couple times, I'm sure you could see on TV, they're going like this, quiet down. Yeah. The 49ers offense mm-hmm. in certain spots late in the game. The twelve fucking screaming out of their mind. Yeah, couldn't quiet them down. It's uh, it, it was, it did feel like it never been gone. That's what I felt like watching it was that it never, that it was never, it never ended. It was back a hundred miles an hour. Would you? I wouldn't say it's quite as violent as like Cam Chancellor Willis Bowman. But it felt like as violent as that game could be. Yeah. You know, probably like ninety five, nine, nah, like eighty five to ninety percent of what it was. Just because the guys are maybe a little smaller, like in the defensive backfield. Well, but there was it was it was violent. There was one hit early in the game. It was Sherman on their their dwelly, their tight, their yeah, Hollister, fullback. Hollister. Yeah, like out by the like out by the numbers, and it was just like. You know, you see the play about to happen, and you realize sure, he's got to hit him hard because the dude's big. You just got to hit him hard, and he hits him hard, and they both go down. But it was a huge hit. There was a run, maybe early a in huge the game. collision is the better. Yeah, yeah. There was a run early in the game to either Breda or Coleman, where it opened up. And again, you're just in the third deck with the people. You see it open up. You're like, God, this is gonna he's gonna gash him for like twenty. And Quandry Diggs, I think his name is. Oh yeah, came out of middle of the field. Full fucking speed, probably 20 yards. They collide. Probably was Coleman, and he just fly. They both fly. I was like, it's odd. Like, this is – no. you want to know why Marquise Goodwin? You didn't see his ass pass, like, quarter one? He don't belong. And there, there are certain players. Like, Kendrick Bourne's dropping balls, but the reason I think Kyle keeps going to him is there's a physicality. Like, that's a Debo game. Debo's like, let's roll. Yeah. This is, we're playing Alabama. Sherman lives for this. The, all the def- clowny. I mean, there. That's a game where Russell's been played in a million of these games. That was a tough guy game. That even in the NFL, it's a league full of tough guys. There are there separates tough guys. Like I wouldn't want any part of it. All right, let, let's get into it, John. This podcast brought to you by Ease.com and EaseWellness.com. The promo code is Ham. You, you did you see some Ease out there yesterday at the? In the parking uh, lot? Yeah, I, 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 there was a guy, I think, like, when overtime hit, he took a quick puff a couple rows behind me. You know, I didn't blame him. You got to do what you got to do. It was a long game. Uh, yeah, some ease in the parking lot for sure. Uh, ease.com, promo code HAM, pre-rolls, vapes, uh, edibles, not not the, you know, uh, Deion Waiters type edibles, much more controlled. You know how many milligrams you're getting. Uh, uppers, downers, sleep aids, you name it. Ease.com is the, basically the Uber Eats of marijuana. Tell your friends, tell your friends, and tell your friends a little more. Ease.com, promo code HAM. And remember, just because Veterans Day has passed us, Ease year-round benefit to Veterans Day, always 
20% off at ease.com and easewellness.com for veterans. You just give the email in front of you. I think it's veterans at ease. Veterans at ease.com. Yeah. That's I was a big, like, I'd walk, they'll hook you up. walk by a Marine or something. I'd be like happy. I'd be like, I almost was like saying happy birthday. Yeah. It was like happy veteran. You know, what do you say? Like, thanks bro. Yeah. But I, I did a lot of that. Yeah. Like pregame walking around. I think that's the thing to do. I think that's yeah, definitely the yeah. thing to do. Podcast also this. brought to you by Manscaped. Support Manscaped, the number one, uh, the number one trimmer in men's below-the-belt grooming offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The, the, last night was probably a game that you would wait to manscape till after. Like, you'd want to go into that game a little hairy, so then yes. you could maybe trim, like, by Wednesday. You know, if, I mean, hell, guy, is there a chance that some of the players in that game, Niners and Seattle, aren't getting out of bed today? Manscaped.com, sure. promo code HAM, lawnmower 2.0, I used it like last week. No nicks and cuts on the on the family jewels, the testes, because we've all done it before. You're like, whoa, and then you got a bleeder. Well, that's the thing about the, the lawnmower 2.0 guy. It is, it just is so smooth. You you can just be aggressive, and obviously down in the man region. But then, guy, you go up the body. You, you and I, mm. I mean, you have still have hair in your head. I have like most men, way so much hair on my body, no hair on my head. And sometimes you just got to let it rip and trim it, and that's where the Lawnmower 2.0 comes in. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM. Yeah, I'm a werewolf. You could argue for a game like that, you need every advantage you could get. You want to be as light and as aerodynamic as you possibly can be. Like when Michael Phelps jumps in the pool in the right. Olympics? That's right. And so you'd go, maybe you would have gone Manscaped there. But either way, Manscaped.com, promo code is HAM, and that gets you 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM. Free shipping's no joke. Did you ever do something now where they they want you to pay for shipping and you're like, you know, pisses me off. Fourteen bucks, forget that. That's why I'm a that's why I'm a Prime member. All right, let's start with just the game, man. Just just this game, and I saw some debates about whether it was a good game or a sloppy game. It was an incredible game. Russell Wilson said after the game, it may be the craziest game he's ever been in, and he's been in some crazy game. I mean, he's been in a crazy game against the Raiders. I think I saw Juszczyk said the same thing. He's like, we've had some crazy games when I was with the Ravens, but this tops the cake. I, I came takes away from cake. that game just <laughs> takes the cake. Just thoroughly satisfied. Like, I, I was happy it didn't end in a tie, and I saw – I thought you had a great tweet, like, because Kyle got some criticism. And, you know, it's, it's fair because they got the ball late in overtime, ran three plays, didn't complete any passes – and because you could justify, I guess, with a minute thirty left, just play for the tie. This divisional game, or yeah, I, I or guess. kind of, or is there like a medium where it's like if you're not winning the game, they're not winning the game? But I don't know if there's a medium. You're either trying to win the game or you're just doing everything that's you where, can. That's to where that's where I stand, and I'm where, with where you. Where do you stand? You're at home. You're eight and zero. Go for the win. Go for the win. But like, like I saw, what Kyle said was, yeah, we called three plays. We expect them to be completed, and they weren't. Yeah, exactly. So. I Jimmy's had no issue. One pass on Jimmy was like, whoa, Jimmy, what are you doing? Yeah, we'll get into I mean, we can get into Jimmy the whole thing, but the bottom line was Debo was open on the third down pass. The game was he beat him. The game was incredible, man. Just the game was everything. And we you know, we the Thursday night football has beaten Monday night football six straight weeks in the ratings. Which is this is a Bay Area Monday night versus Thursday night because the Raiders just had a really good Thursday night game, so we'll see. But um, like you said to me before the podcast, is there any reason why Niners Seahawks won't be Monday night football? Every year for the foreseeable future, one of the two matchups. Yeah, it feels like it got great. And the other one might be Sunday like, night. I mean, is that possible? Yeah, it, it feels like it's a lock the next several years, right, to be on one of those two games or one of those two nights. I text you immediately after because I was low on juice, so I wasn't checking Twitter that much. But clearly there were some questionable calls 
right, with some helmet to helmets, and there was like the tackle on the punt return where they got a 15 yards, and it was I, I could see where people complain about that shit, but I uh, late I think in the fourth quarter or late in the in one overtime, where the one where uh, was it Marquise Goodwin who lined up 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage took off sprinting that one? No, no, no. This is a the Richie James the punt returner oh, okay, gets yes, tackled yes. and they call 15, and yeah. it was like that's kind of bullshit. And, and there are some plays like that that easily just manipulate when you're live that's the other thing when you're sitting in the stands guy even unlike the media elites you don't have tvs or anything so you don't quite you're not complaining as much on the fouls you know you're just kind of taking in the game that's right you're there were seventy thousand people riveted it's a much different experience than the people you know at home so i took it it was riveting but i then i text you like was that a bad game because i thought it was one of the more remarkable ebb and flow games I've ever seen. It might be the craziest event I've ever been to in my life. Maybe Game Seven NBA Finals, but like that, that was a little different. Like this is just a crazy game back and forth with just crazy ebb and flows in overtime. It, it was I don't know, man. I, I don't think I've ever quite experienced of all the games they play or they have played. It would be hard to chop top the NFC Championship, right? just given the impact or the result of what that game led to, a Super Bowl berth, given the final play, how that game ended, one of the more historic moments, and it kind of made this guy, who is now, would you say, one of the most famous players in the last like 20 years in Richard Sherman, his moment to Crabtree, the Crabtree thing, like that's probably will never be topped unless they play again in the playoffs, which might happen again. You would say there is actually a decent chance that the next several years we might get the game. I thought Richard had a great point after the game. He's like, is this a rivalry? Like, has the rivalry been renewed? He's like, well, I don't think regular season games can create a rivalry, which he was trying to kind of play a hard guy, which I get it. He's like, you got to play in the playoffs. Like, part of the reason it was such a big deal back in the day, we played in the fucking NFC Championship game. And can you imagine the hype if, if we, if somehow, like, the Niners are the two, or they're the two, and the Niners are the five, and they play in the second round. Like the hype on that game, because they would have another game that that would be the third time they play this year. The second time they've played in the playoffs this decade, Richard is right there, and I, I say it all the time. Baseball is a little different because you you know I make fun of the Giants, Dodgers. They never played in the playoffs, but you play so many times in the regular season, so it's a little different. But part of what like basketball definitely like Michael Jordan's rivals were created by playoff series. In football, like the Ravens and Steelers would just match up in the playoffs on top of playing multiple times a year. Like the Eagles and Cowboys have played over the years so many fucking times. The, why, why were the Cowboys and the 49ers a rivalry? Not because they had regular season games, because they played in the playoffs all the time. I want this playoff game, guy. I want this to happen. Because the, I, you, you can't make up. The one thing you can't do is like, the like the, let's use the Saints and uh, Falcons for example. There is tangible shit there, and this is like there is tan. You don't need to like fake hype shit. You don't need to have like NBA storylines. It's just Seattle Niners. It's fucking on. You know it. You, and when they're both good, it immediately goes from zero to sixty. Yeah. It's like last night, you could tell like a series in, like God, this thing's serious. There, there's a lot on the line here, and. I, and I, I want it to happen in the playoffs. I, I thought what one of the things that made the game great was both teams had multiple moments where you thought... Oh, I thought you were going to say the broadcast crew. Uh, 
They had multiple moments too, John. Um, but both teams had multiple moments where you thought they're on the verge of just kind of this not being their night, right? The Seahawks could get no- they couldn't get anything going on offense. Like their first possession was three plays, three plays, three plays, five plays punt, six plays punt. Niners are up ten nothing. I tweet, and it felt like it should have been 21 or something, right? I tweet a screen ga- grab of a United Airlines flight that gets me to Miami direct from SFO for February 1st. Little cocky. <laughs> just I was just I loved doing it early, just knowing that if they lost, I'd get all the all the. Dad, what were you thinking? As if I actually bought the ticket. Um, and then what happens? Fumble, not not like a fumble recovery, not a pick six, but a fumble six, which to me, fumble six are so dramatic because there's the scramble for the ball. Like a pick six, it's just like, oh, this guy's going to the house. Fumble yeah. six, dramatic. So Jimmy gets sacked, fumble six. Because cause really a lot of times for every fumble six that works, most of them the dude whiffs, right? Whiffs or trips <laughs> or gets chased down because he's not Jadevian Clowney. Because yeah. um, it tends to be fumble six by the quarterback, who's going to be there by the ball, offensive and defensive linemen. Yeah. So then, so then the Niners get the ball back after the fumble touchdown. It's ten to seven, and they go three and out. They do nothing. They have like a one minute. It was an awful possession. It's like, oh my god. So they give it back to Seattle, and here comes Seattle, and here comes DK Metcalf, and there goes DK Metcalf, and then Jaquiski, as he was called on the broadcast all night, Tart. Makes this play. I'm sure in the stadium, I can't only you texted me. I'm sure in the stadium, everyone's like, "What the hell is about to happen here?" Because Kwaski, I think he got the ball, but then he's well, he's out of bounds, and then where? What? Then he's in the end zone, and DK. Well, in everyone's the end zone. everyone's trying to figure out like, what are the rules? You have to establish yourself back in bounds. Can you be the first guy to touch it out of bounds? One while he's going, it's like, is DK Metcalf look like Terrell Owens right now? Like breaking tackles, <laughs> fucking running through people. W- one quick takeaway. Mm. I don't know what his stat line was, and I know he gave that play up. DK Metcalf has star potential written all yeah. over him. Guy. Six, I know six for seventy, John. E man made some plays on him, but that just how smooth he is, fucker. He had a sweet sideline catch. It took even you know everyone was saying Tart's play on that was just that might be like play if the other couple plays didn't happen, like the clowny one, the Buckner play. That might be like play of the week. The yeah. Tart well, play. if they win the game, right? That's like it's poor man's George Teague taking the ball away. Is he going to score? Because he didn't go out of bounds. He's right no, there. I think he's he, falling in the end. Well, he might. He, have, oh, he yeah. was out of bounds. It was it just. Well, I just no, don't DK know didn't rules. go out of bounds. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like, did he go out of bounds so that he would have scored if he holds on the ball because he's falling in the end zone? I think right? so. Yeah, because initially I thought they're going to review this and he's going to score a touchdown before I realized Kwaski had the ball. So that was. I mean, that, that was. was Wild play, like one of the all time, like one of the insane. wildest plays. And remember, there was I think Tart 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 was fucking good last night. He was everywhere. I think there was a few. years I think it was Alabama, Georgia, maybe a couple years ago. You might remember this, where a receiver catches a ball and the DB is out of bounds with his hands on the ball as well, and they called it out of bounds. And like in college football, they've clarified the rules so that that so it's clear that what happened, like what happened in the Niners Seahawks game, was correct. But it is kind of crazy to see a guy out of bounds with his hands on the ball. Then he's back. Well, there, there was a play the did, did, when you were rewatching the LSU game. Was the second half? The guy goes out of bounds and then he comes back in bounds. You just got to establish yourself back in bounds. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking with Tart. Right? If he would have got the fumbled ball while his, while his foot was out of bounds, it wouldn't count. Right? Correct. But if he reestablishes both feet back in bounds, if he didn't uh, intentionally go out of bounds, which he clearly does not. He would have been. 
it would have been a non-fumble and the ball just would have been the Seahawks Yeah, if you're ball, not like forced, you have to reestablish. Okay. Yeah, it was just... So... That was... that To me, that play, like, encapsulate the game. Like, it just... I, you could encapsulate the game. Holy shit. John, so then the Seahawks start the second half with the ball. And the Niners take it away again. What was the score at halftime? 10-7? 10-7. Okay. And then the Niners don't get anything out of it, remember, because they go for it on fourth down. Fourth was that the two. Rashad Pen- Was that the Penny fumble? Uh, was it Penny or Carson? Yeah, it was. Pen- I think it was. Uh, it was Penny. I, was, I thought it was Penny. You're yeah. right. It was Penny. So the Niners get the ball. I don't mean. To, I'm not trying to do like a full game recap here, but it's just there's so many crazy plays. They get the they get the fumble, but then they turn it over on downs. Then they get the ball back from Seattle, but Jimmy throws the pick. I mean, did he throw the pick or did it go through Kendrick? It Bourne's went, goes hands? through Kendrick Bourne's hands. Thank you. I thought I thought that was ultimately the difference in the game. I agree with you B- because I that thought was it was like a game, forty yard I thought play. it was. It felt like it's it's fourteen to ten, and then they score again, and it felt like game set match at twenty one to ten. Well, I mean, everyone in the stands like this game's over because the Niners, Kittle's up in the press box sitting next to Barrows, telling him this sucks. I don't want to be here. I mean, he wasn't actually sitting next to him, but I saw Barrows like just ran into Kittle. He said this sucks, and which is good. At least he's walking around, I guess. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, on the broadcast is easy or be on Twitter if you're following because they're always like, Emmanuel Sanders is out. Because we're looking, we're going, why do they, Bourne and Debo, where's 17? Mm. And then they show on the video board, he's questionable return rips. I'm like, well, he's probably out. Yeah. And then you realize 21-10, they can't run the ball because they got this guy, I don't know if you ever heard of him, Jadeveon Clowney. He was like, we've been hearing about him since he was like a junior in high school. Looked probably what he liked, looked like when he was playing high school football at uh, South Carolina last night. He was he looked like Reggie White. Was every all you could see in the backfield was ninety, and then all of his other friends would like jump around. So you'd be like, how the fuck are they going to come back? And the only reason really they come back is the craziest play of the night. Even crazier in the tart is the Russell Wilson sack. I still don't know. Did he toss it to the offensive no. lineman seal it out of it his hands? It just popped into his arms. Oh, so it popped out of Russell's hands. Yes. And then it popped out of that guy's hands. Buckner if Peter tries to make a play, John. <laughs> tries to make a play. And then Buckner scores. Underrated next play, they score pretty easily on a two-point conversion. Right. right to Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. That's the thing with Kendrick Bourne, where he's not bad. I mean, he's, you watch him. He had the touchdown pass across the middle. The one reason he obviously plays over, like, Pettis and over definitely over Marquise, because he will go over the middle. He just, some balls will go. Gets open. Uh, that's clear. Yeah. He does get open. That and play twenty one eighteen, and then they get the then they drive. So hold on, before we go on, did you think on the Buckner play? Because this, this happens to me now, and you and I were talking about it the other day. Every fumble recovery, I just assume like, yeah, the return is just for show. They're going to bring this back. Were you? Are you like, or can you see the whole field? You see, there's no flags. Well, no, because the ball down. keeps flying out. So you don't even so know where the ball not, is. Yeah, the, to me, that play is. Where I get mad at that play is when the arm, quote unquote's coming forward. It's like, guys, right, we're right. fucking pass. This one was like, it was like sumo. But I thought was all- he down? Because on TV, you can't. Here's the thing with the Niners' defense, John. They are, and I mean this. There was always so many of them in the backfield on television. It's hard to tell what's happening because there's always what? seven of them back there. I felt the difference of the two teams is uh, defensively. Seattle to me is not a great defense. Like last night, they were clowny led. And they, they would bring pressure and shit, but, like, clowny changed the game for them. Where the Niners, like, even last night, you can't name, like, one player. Th- their unit is really good. You know, Fred Warner probably was really the standout. I mean, he had multiple sacks, flying all over the place. 
but Greenlaw has the pick. Richard's making big tackles. Buckner, Buckner. Armstead, like the, the, DJ fucking, Jones. DJ Jones. Yeah, I mean they got they had E Man. Like they're much more of a unit. That's why big picture you take away, you go their defense is the real deal, right? Like how how many Russell threw one touchdown. Carson had, I guess, had the one rushing touchdown, but wasn't that based on a pick that they got the ball. So, to me, the defense was excellent. That that was just – that was wild. So, I interrupted. You were about to get to the green law interception, I think. Well, live, I'm on that side. I thought he was going to take it to the house. Yeah, I did too. And then he just kind of ran out of room. Was that when – what's his name ended up missing the field goal on that drive? Yeah, it had to be. In overtime, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I actually skipped a, ahead because we got to overtime. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that guy makes a, a kick first. Give him the credit for that first one. Yeah, I, I was driving home, listening uh, just different shit, and then I flipped on like uh, the post game show, and this guy calls in. And he's like, "You know, can we can we press pause on this?" He's like, "We're pointing the finger at Jimmy, pointing the finger at Kyle for you know playing for a tie." Let's I, I kind of let's get into that next. He's like, "Can we point the finger at this guy?" Hey, Robbie fucking Gold. I, he didn't say it. Fuck. We just paid you $12.5 million. You're All you're paid to do is kick. Somehow you get hurt in practice, and we got to sign this random guy that was on a couch. Like, I can't blame this guy at all. And people are like, oh, he shanked the kick. Well, he'd hit the game tying one. I, I think I saw Tessator was, or maybe Booger, one of the two of them said, like, he just crumbled in the moment. It's like, guys, well, he just hit the game. And then Terrell Williams, <laughs> the Raider. The, the Raiders uh, wide receiver tweeted, like, God, they're terrible. You Booger know? said that his mechanics broke down because of the pressure. Well, didn't he, he literally hit the game-tying field goal to send it into overtime, correct? Also, I don't know what – maybe Booger was a kicker. I would stay away from kicker mechanics. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, – I can't blame random kicker but that kick off was pretty the terrible. <laughs> it was, but a guy, he did hit – my point is, like yeah. – I have no opinion if the kicker had missed every kick or he makes every kick. Like, I, I can't judge that guy. Yeah, they, yeah. They're paying their kicker six, five, whatever. The highest paid kicker in the league, or one of them, maybe Tucker is, whatever. They're paying him a shitload of money, and he's fucking hurt with some injury that he hurt. Like, it, it kind of feels like Robbie got paid and just doesn't give a shit. That's, yeah, that's see, my I don't. When right it now. comes to injury, if a guy's hurt, a guy's hurt. I'm not. But he had I been missing. Be mad. Guy, he was under fifty percent on the season. Like he'd been yeah, terrible. Yeah, so maybe he'd been. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, like, my point is, it's been a disaster season, regardless whether it's his fault, whether he's in it, whether he's not I, in I it. I know. I, I'm hurt, just saying. I don't goal. blame guy. I don't, I'm not blame guys for injuries. That's a whole other. That's a whole. Yeah, other I'm thing. just blaming Robbie Gold for being a disaster this year. He got paid, and I just he's MIA now. He's, you know, I, I got half the other team on both sides. You got people limping around playing, you know, it's like, bro, you're making $5 million. You're nowhere to be found. You're missing kicks. We're depending on this guy from afar. He just looks like a normal little guy that I guess undrafted free agent from Illinois that got uh had a pretty cool moment then had a shitty moment who probably, you know, the moment Ro- Robbie's quad gets good is going to get cut. Right. But yeah. I, All right. Playing for, playing for the tie or not. Well, what, what's for the, the tie? I say this all the time with players. Like, what's the point of pro sports? To find a Russell Wilson, to find a Carson Wentz, to find a, Joe, a Nick Bosa, a Joey Bosa, whoever. Richard Sherman's in their, you know, draft them, then sign them and build your team around good players. And the point of having those guys then is whatever sport you play, baseball, basketball, football, golf tournament, whatever. Your goal is to win. <laughs> You're trying to win. Now, there are certain situations... 
I guess, like, if this would have been, let's say, you lose this game, you lose the division, you tie this game, you win the division. Let's say this was week 17. Then, yeah, I'd look at it a little differently, right? It's November 11th. You're 8-0. You're playing Seattle. There's a minute 40 left. I was shocked to see how many NFL people were like, what the fuck is Kyle shit? So you just want to play for the tie? Is, is that the fucking point? Especially the analytic people. This drove me nuts. Because the analytic fucking people who were crushing Kyle are always the ones that are on the two-point conversion thing, right? On the 14 points in the second. Because the goal is to win. You're playing to win, not to tie. Yet they were cool with the tie there. What was the point of this whole thing, guy? I, I can't even have one opinion that he should have run the ball that he's trying to win. Yet yeah, sucks to lose. But, like, if, if I'm going to get mad at the guy for, like, well, he just he screwed up because he played to win. Like, I, I mean, are we, we – you can't then, like, you're, you're just always going to be anti whatever happens. And that is the ultimate, the ultimate classic nerd thing going right now, why a lot of people hate the nerds. Because that's an elitist fucking take. Like, you should have run – like, there was a minute 40 left, he's throwing the ball. Yeah, it sucks going three and out. But I, I honestly think most people aren't even engaged in that conversation. The analytic I, aspect of it, but I do think the fourteen, like going for two, has become a big yeah, deal. Yeah, in yeah. The I'm NFL. just saying, like, I think if we just went around the whole stadium and talked to everybody, they'd be like, "What? Whatever." Yeah, I don't. I just, I'd rather them go for two, or yeah, I just want to win the game. Here's here's the other thing that all of that ignores, right? Everything you're saying ignores the context of the 49ers' defense is really good. So Kyle's thinking. But but it was like you'd play like seven quarters. No, I know. Like, I, no, there's no doubt. You know. Like those guys had to be gassed. But I understand part of his thinking is like, if we don't get it here, I don't turn it over on my own twenty. I kick it to them, and then they start at their own thirty yard line because the punter I draft is actually pretty good. And guess what he did? He kicked a fifty yard punt. Would, would he have got booed out of the stadium if he just would have ran it three times, like run out the clock and just tied? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if he actually would have, but yes. I think a lot of people would have booed. Like, you just play for the tie. After now, all this? <laughs> you, you, when you do, like, this morning, would you have rather had a tie than a loss? That, that's not really arguable. You'd rather have the tie in their situation. Right? Because they're playing for the number one Well, that's seat. what the analytics guys would tell you. But, we, but that's because but we know today general, that like, they lost the game. You'd rather have I, a win, which is what they were trying to do. 100%. I'm just saying, though, I, I do understand. Like, it can't be argued that just in the grand scheme of things, you'd rather have a tie than a loss today. Yes, but what I'm saying is when you make that argument in the moment, there's a minute 50 left and you've got the football, the win is still on the table. Today the win is gone. But in the moment, the win is still there. You can still win the football game. Well, the other thing is they didn't need to drive. This wasn't a situation where they had to drive to score a touchdown. They just needed a field goal attempt. So you, you didn't... Well, but the guy had already hit a 45. I'm I just know. saying a field goal attempt. I'm just saying a field goal attempt. Yep. They they were not – he wasn't going to call plays. Like, one, they didn't have the ability because their best players are – one is a broken rib and one's in sweats upstairs. They were just trying to move the ball to get into field goal range, and it backfired. Now, the couple first passes, I think there was one – Jimmy was terrible. And the, the third pass to Debo down the sideline, he underthrew him because Debo has not beat. Yep. You know, he had him beat. So it was like, I saw, like, what a play by, was it Griffin or whoever the corner was? It was an underthrown ball. You know, it was an underthrown ball. Now, do you, I, I think you could make the argument, do you like that shot on third down, running a go route? 
you know, on third and ten, given the situation. You, you could make that argument, but here's what I would say is, like, the track record for Kyle Shanahan calling the right play is, I think, pretty well established. So I'll let Kyle, well, Sh- I'll let Kyle Shanahan I'll, – I'll let somebody else second-guess Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Do you know what there, do you know what there was a lot of last night, though? It's like, oh, the Super Bowl just can't run out the oh, – he didn't have a 23 lead. He's, it's just, he's tied. What, what are you fucking – he's not running out the clock here. What are, what are you guys talking about? That's what drew me, drove me nuts. Like, run out the clock. What are the clock for what? You know, I, he's trying to try to win this game. Like you said, at that moment. Now, at this moment today while we're talking, yes, a tie is better than a loss. When you factor in what's at stake. The division, yeah, yeah. the uh, mainly the buys. Because now it can't, like the result of this game, there are four teams now in the mix for one and two seeds. Right? The Niners now have one loss, and there are three teams with two losses. And one of those teams has beat the Niners, and the Niners play the other two teams with two losses. Right. So it's, it is... From a football, if you're just love the NFC or like the Packers, like the Saints, or like Seattle, like it's on. You know, we got seven more it's games. The, it's the '90s again, John. Yeah, it's seven more games to find out who's going to get a first round bye. And all there are four teams that could have the number one. Like there is a chance. I wouldn't say fifty fifty because the Niners still have a one game lead, and if they just split with the Saints and Packers, it, it would still be like they're still in the driver's seat. But all four of these teams could either end up with the one or end up with a three or in like the Packers and Niners, like there's a chance the Niners or the Packers could be the five because Minnesota's thinking, well, if the Packers lose a couple games, we can still win the division. Like there, there's a lot at stake coming down the stretch, guys. Well, you go from unbeaten to the, the, the world is our oyster to a half game ahead of Seattle and they've got the tiebreaker. Not only that. It's like, and you well, go there. It's like, when's George coming back? <laughs> George. Well, yeah, we we can get into that. Um, but let's let's talk about Jimmy. What did you think of Jimmy live, and then watching it back on on tape? What did you, cause there been? There was a lot of early. Jimmy's better than he. J- Jimmy looks good, and then there was a lot of late. Jimmy was terrible. Is there? Uh, was it Clint Eastwood, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Is that his movie? Yeah. I thought it was like The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. The Good. One, he made just some great throws. You know, not just some touchdown passes, some over-the-middle-of-the-field passes, uh, even the the pass that was picked to Bourne. I mean, he's hitting guys in the pick, the ball that hit D. I, I blame Bourne's more because Bourne's not thinking of getting up the field. He's in midair. All you got to do is catch. Even if you hit the ground, it's a 25-yard game. The Debo one, not that I am, you know, admonishing, like just giving him a pass on that play, but... I think Debo, who has been pretty sure-handed, saw open grass and was thinking, it's fucking on like Donkey Kong in the open field. And he kind of battled back and made some plays. The And the other good, Jimmy is not like Jared Goff, for example. He keeps plays alive in the pocket. Like he is, and Kyle talked about this after the game, like what do you think of Jimmy? He's like, well, he's always the same. Like his, he's a pretty cool cuss. Like I don't think he's getting too high, getting too low. He'll just make some bad plays. That would be the bad ball security in the pocket. To me, I give you a little bit of a pass like on the first fumble when clown because the game it's new to the game. It happens early in the game. When that happens, you realize, and I'm sure Kyle and maybe the quarterback coach are once the tackles are getting kind of mollywopped, because that's I saw Lombardi tweeted that PFF, like they had it's the most pressures those two have allowed when they both started a game in their career and the center when Richburg went out 
Did they know what Richburg's what happened to Richburg? Did he dislocate a finger or something? He couldn't grip the ball. I don't, I don't remember know. if they said it on TV. So he, I, I, I don't even know how long he went out. He went out for a couple series or whatever. At that period of time, the center got destroyed. So that that's also a, something to keep an eye on. If Richburg goes down, Niner season might be over because their backup center is not good. So the bad was just ball security or whatever, right? You just you got to yeah, be and a I would add, like that and add to it, you know, a couple near interceptions on the drive. Well, well that that's where that's where I'm going. The ugly, okay. The the ugly were he didn't just throw some. Well, he threw in, I think in the second series of the drive, maybe the first series. He throws a might have been the first series. Throws a pick, hits the guy in stride, but there was defensive holding. Hits the guy in his hands throughout the game, guy. Several picks. I'm not talking. Greenlaw jumping, making just a great play, right? I'm talking hitting Bobby Wagner like he's the tight end. Like, whoa, where the whole, where the entire stands, you look around and everyone's jaws on the floor. That happened. I have five fingers on a hand. It happened more than one handful of times. Of just the ugly of just, you're throwing it right to the defender, you know? So I, I think it encompassed it all. You just, now, you know, at the end of the day, and we've always argued the PFF stat near interception. Well, the guy did drop it. But to me, it's one thing when if like Greenlaw drops it, you're like, well, that was a great play by him, a little underthrown. It's not that crazy of a play. When you hit defender's guy in stride. When they're doing they're, the, and they're all undercutting your receivers like Keekley did. Yeah. That's, now, I, could you say one issue, and this is where you get like deep, deep nerdy, when you have zero threat deep, when your best player's out, you're basically just running curls and fucking outs. They, you don't, what do you think Pete Carroll does all week? And Ken Norton, they break down, they go, guys, these guys are just going to run the same three routes. Sit on them. You know how they say, what they say in football? Squat on the route. Now, Jimmy, you got to realize that when the guy's squatting on the route and you're looking right at him, you can't throw the ball. So I, I saw, well, Russell threw some interceptions. Yeah, his looked a little different to me. I, I don't know about you, guy. His near interceptions, like I, Russell was on a completely different level than Jimmy last night. Yeah, and it's not and, like, and I, didn't, and I didn't think Jimmy was like shitty. I didn't think he was really good. He was just meh. Well, I, look, here's where I've, I don't, I've reached the point with him, and I had, I did it a long time ago, a long time ago, after the first few weeks of the season, where we talked about like he needs to be better. I thought he got better, and I, and I don't. I'm not reevaluating Jimmy Garoppolo every week now. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's really good. And when you're really good, or good, in his case, he does some things really well. Like you said, he keeps plays alive. Yeah, see, I, I, I would call him good. Not yeah, really yeah, good. I, I amend. <laughs> but I think he does some things that are really good. Like I've told you, I think his ability to make plays in a pocket where things are going crazy around him, I do think he keeps his eyes downfield. I don't think he ain't scared. He's not he, scared at all. Yeah, one time the the, the pick he almost threw to the tight to the linebacker on the drive where the Niners eventually tie the game, um, and he's just like pressure and kind of it was like it was well, guy, the nuttiest that, throw. Was he that made. not the first pass of the drive? It was the nuttiest throw he made, John, <laughs> and it really deserved to be intercepted. And that's like, kind do of you the think Bobby Wagner thing. thought about that pass all night long? Like, how did I drop? Well, that? if they had lost, he would have, and yeah, he probably still did. Like, I could I could have been the hero. That one was nuts. Now, was that him panicking, or is that him making a like? That's what I've said back to the back to the interception he threw at Cincinnati after he had the false start. He does some things that are questionable decisions. He makes some questionable decisions. 
Well, to me, is is that him not quote unquote seeing stuff? Well, you know? but I don't know because I think he does see. I think he sees a lot of stuff pretty well. well. May, may, let me rephrase that: locking in on something that he goes, "This is going to be open," and maybe. then it's not. But he's but already it predetermined. Could be, but it was such a hectic situation. It wasn't. He was like about to get sacked, and he was just kind of trying to make a play when he should have just swallowed it and just lived for another down. So it was nuts. But I don't think it makes him bad. Um, I just think what we know is at this point with him, he's going to make plays that can win you games. But if you're in a 10-point game or you're up by six or you're up by three and you're trying to get down the field to finish it off, you, like, you can't just assume he's going to make the right play on every play because he's trying to make a play and he might hit somebody else in the hands. Like I think that's where it stands right now. Is there is just kind of this Romo quality, right? Like That's where it stands. But I think he's good. But those well, things what, are just going to happen. Was it? Uh, and that's scary. Do you remember the game? Of course you do. I mean, everyone does. It's one of the more famous moments, like in NFL blooper history. They go to they go to the fifty yard line. Overtime. Seattle Green Bay. Yes. Hasselback. We want the ball, and we're going to score. The first play of overtime. He throw. It might not have been the first play, but it was definitely early on in the overtime. Throws a pick six. It feels like, and it could happen just this season, Jimmy has a pick six to end the game in a playoff game. In right. Him. Yep. That's right. Like, no, if, if you said all the quarterbacks in the NFL going into the playoffs, or let's just say the NFC, Wentz, Dak, Jimmy, Russ, even Cousins, because Zimmer will just be like, run the ball. They <laughs> won't even let him throw it. Uh, Jimmy, Breeze, he is by far... Like, Cousins would probably not be that far behind, but Zimmer just refused to, like, leave and let, put him in that situation. Jimmy will throw the pick six. You could even go the NFC. Like, Lamar, they'll be running option. Brady, no. Mahomes, no. It is Jimmy. Yeah, but- now, Jimmy wouldn't say that, but, which, by the way, I loved. And it kind of sucked that they sent Geno Smith out there, but I love that they sent Richard Solo out for the coin toss. Yeah, I know. Awesome. Line. I wish they would have sent Russ, too. I, I you, give Kyle, him- Kyle gets it. Yeah, Kyle gets it. Richard. Um, well, it, it, I don't even know if Kyle gets it. Like, I don't even think it was an option. And that's like, Richard's like, I'm going. I, no one's coming with me. <laughs> you know? I, I do think. Uh, did you notice the spe- – they, were they playing that on TV, the coin toss? Because the mm. special teams coach or maybe the assistant is like walking with Richard, like telling him the scenarios, and Richard just like keeps shaking his head, like following him all the way to the 50-yard line. And I was like, are we sure that everyone's on the same page here? Uh, But there was no wind, or I don't know why it would have mattered. I I do think as it relates to uh, Jimmy, this is is not – I think he's – he'll play – he'll make some of those same mistakes even when they're full squad. But I I do think we have to give Staley a chance, really, and McGlinchey too, just to get a little better coming back from injuries. Um, He didn't have Kittle. Eventually – uh, Sanders went out. They ran John. They averaged three yards a carry. They couldn't really run the football except for one carry from Coleman. Breida has an ankle. I guess he's getting reevaluated for his Breida sprained ankle. He got hurt re- last night. Well, he tweaked the already sprained ankle. Jesus. And well, the other thing, the other thing I would say is Mozart's pretty good. Kyle Uchek didn't have a carry or a catch. They threw it him one time. 
Well, guy, because he had to play like a I know. double whammy. No, role. no, I know. I'm just saying, like, because he's playing like tight end slash fullback. Because you know, yeah, who all I'm of a sudden he never... didn't perform. I'm just saying, like, they weren't able to be even close to what their offense is supposed to be. Well, because everyone's like, who are they going to here? And everyone's like, I hope they throw it to Dwelly. Like, Dwelly all of a sudden became Kittle. So it's like, well, they can't really waste Dwelly in the blocking. Uzcheck has to do it. And it was like, I'm praying, just throw it to fucking Dwelly. I know. And that's where it was. At I trust him too. I do. It's like throw it to Dwelly. And I had seven well, targets. But and three he, here, here's one problem. You say I'll give McGlinchey and uh, Staley some time to come back. The next two weeks, like the Cardinals, you know they're three, six, and one or whatever. They do have Chandler Jones and uh, and Terrell Suggs. And remember, last time they played them in school in the broadcast, it, might, it was Spielman or something. Was like uh, Kyle told me, yeah, you know, even Staley can't block this guy. Then the next week, I don't know if you've noticed, but the first time in like franchise history since Reggie White, the Packers actually spent some money this offseason. Every time I watch the Packers, the two Smith brothers, even though they're not brothers, like Alden and Justin, the two guys they signed, especially the one, I think it's Preston Smith or Zaire Smith, one of the two of them is just dominating. So, and they are coming off the edge and fucking kicking ass and taking names. Those are the next two weeks you got pretty elite pass rushers. Well then, those guys need to get better. I'm just saying. And, and I think there was Clowney a lot of again, and you face Donald. No, uh, I know. You, I'm you just saying there was rushers. there was a lot of Joe Staley's washed up last night, and I this happens all the time. Let's let the guy off a broken leg get more than one game against Jadavian Clowney before we decide if he can play left tackle anymore. I, I, That's all I'm saying. To, to me, the question would be: Would they have been better off last night? And I, you will never know the answer. And this this sucks in the NFL. And it's just, I, I mean, it's like this in life. When you Wally Pip someone, but you're Wally Pipping a guy that's so well established, no matter how well you do, you're getting then Wally Pip back. Right. Like, because school couldn't have been much better given the circumstances, and really, we didn't even notice him. Then last night, when I checked the inactives an hour before the game, it's like they didn't even let school put pads on. Like, the dude's in sweats. It's like, motherfucker, I've been holding it down at left tackle forever. And I, I understand Brunskill, like the dude came from the AAF. School's like, you drafted me. I kicked ass. I, you get to keep that guy up. I don't get to keep up. And I wonder if that's because maybe Brunskill's more, uh, you know, he maybe he has the ability to play left and right a little easier than schools just can only play left, doesn't play as right. Yeah. There has to be some thought process behind that. Uh, maybe they just thought Brunskill was playing better. Who, who knows? But you could argue... Would they have been just better off last night if Brunskill and School had just been their tackles? I wonder. I, I don't that. know the answer, yeah. but I, I, you're not sure have, that it wouldn't have been better. It might yeah. have been because Clowney. I, I mean, I would imagine just watching the game back, he was everywhere, guy. I mean, forced fumbles, sacks, pressures from both you sides. Just, you just feel the dreads and the size, and just you're just like Jesus Christ. I, I thought last night, can you imagine if Seattle would have had this guy in their heyday with the group? <laughs> oh my. You know, the other guy who's good is, is Puna Ford. Not like. bad at all. Yeah, he's a big run stuffer. Juwan yeah. Reed, the dude I think from Alabama, is a big run stuffer. Like, they do have very, very stout humans up there. Yeah. That, that would be the counter of just like, is the matchup a double whammy bad? It's hard to run on Seattle for the Niners. When you're missing Kittle, because those guys are like the Clowney's. Here's the irony: Clowney's a better run defender than he is a pass rusher. So that's that shows you like, and he's not a bad pass rusher. And then Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright are just—I don't know if, if people have probably noticed over the years—are pretty good too. So it's just 
it's a you got to be able to throw the ball on them. And just watching Seattle, really this season, they they, they don't get gas on the ground because they get gas in the air. Like Matt Schaub, four hundred plus yards. The one game they played against Baker back and forth, he was throwing. You can throw the ball on them. You got to th- the game uh, the Thursday night epic. They got, they've played in some epic games this year. What was Jared Goff doing? He was throwing the ball. Like you're not the problem for the 49ers, It was like you got to throw the ball on them to win. But then they're like, well, we can't really throw the ball because we can't block them and our guys can't catch. That guy, they had seven drops. Or maybe it was eight. I thought I saw nine, but yeah, maybe it was a nine. Lot. <laughs> it, it felt like fifteen. Like it didn't, and it felt like Seattle for them to drop the ball. It took a PBU. Like it took E-Man hitting the ball up, or it took Richard breaking the ball up. It didn't. It didn't feel like they were. If it hit their hands, they were catching it. Like you said, DK had six for eighty, and how many balls did he have? I think he had a, definitely 70. a couple that were just PBUs. Yeah, he could have had ninety yards. He had ten targets, caught six for seventy yards. And, and then all of a sudden, in overtime, I was like, ah, who caught that slant? Oh, they got Josh Gordon's on their team. I was like, what? I got to give Booger credit on that one because Booger would say, like, Josh Gordon's not on the field here. I bet it's a play he doesn't know. But then the play you're talking about, he's like, Josh is out there. This is probably going to him. Oh, because you're saying if he put it on the field, they drew that up this week for him. He knew the play. Ran a slant. Got it. So, I'd forgotten he was on the team, honestly. One guy had no clue. That's actually kind of scary. You're like, God, him and DK, that's not a bad little combo. Yeah. I don't understand Carson, who really is a good player. He fumbles a lot. He just puts the ball on the ground a lot I mean, I, for whatever reason. But he is a – doesn't he feel like a 19 – he would have fit in like 1979 just, <laughs> just to run, just hard. Pete Carroll, I mean, he's really just kind of hip and skinny. He must be a vegan. Uh, he belonged. Like his style, he, he would have fit right in. And like you talk about a guy that could have fit in any era. Like he would have been fine. Like the Lombardi era. Just oh, you want to run at every play and play defense? I'm good. <laughs> his energy is what I'm most jealous of. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the diet and probably some PEDs. I, I, I do think a lot of it is just genetic too. I think it's just probably just a natural. I would guess his, his parents probably didn't take a lot of naps. I I would be shocked, guy, if he doesn't have something that goes into his body like a PED. And when I say PED, it could be Adderall. It could Nugenics? be something like that. Well, Adderall is probably it's probably something more. Uh, but I think advanced. Adderall for a guy with ADD, you know, whatever the better Adderall is. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I think know. he's probably got something more advanced that just keeps you young because he looks it, so he hasn't it, aged. If you told me he takes HGH, I believe you. Yeah, well, most a I, lot of a lot of rich guys do. Yeah. I, I do think go he to the is cre- a ve- go to, go get lunch at the creek on. Uh, any given I do day. think he is a vegan. I do think he is a vegan. Uh, all right, before we get to a couple other things here, sleep number, John. Speaking of sleep, uh, he I, he doesn't sleep much, I doubt, but I bet the sleep he gets is high quality sleep. You spend a third of your life asleep. Although again, with Pete, he probably just gets like the highest. Qual- He's like mainlining sleep when he sleeps. Right now, you can uh, you can get the best quality sleep as well. With the Sleep Number 360 uh, bed. Guy, gotta love uh, our friends at Sleep Number. It impacts your creativity, mood, patience, willpower, and physical health. You spend a third of your life right in the bed. That's right. According to Sleep Number research, the optimum sleep environment is 65 degrees with 65% humidity. Hope you keep your room like that. Uh, sleep Number bed allows you to adjust on each side 
uh, to your ideal firmness, comfort, and support. The Sleep Number 360 smart bed senses your movement and automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably throughout the night. How do you beat that? Experience the smart, effortless comfort of the Sleep Number 360 smart bed during the Veterans Day sale. Save $1,000, guy. $1,000 on the new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Now $17.99. That's a steal. I paid way more. I know you did too for your bed. Plus exclusive savings, militaries and vets. So all of our vets out there. You only find Sleep Number at one of their 600 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find one near you at sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. That's right. Podcast also brought to you by SeatGeek where the promo code HAM gets you 10 bucks off for whatever you're looking for, which that $10 is going a longer and longer way right now when it comes to hoops, uh, checking in on um, some of the Warriors tickets. Uh, you want to go to a Niners game, everybody does. You want to go to a Raiders game, limited opportunities left, and those games should be really good, plus concerts, plus comedy show, whatever it is, whatever kind of show you're looking for, Broadway, whatever you want, plays. SeatGeek is the way to do it. Hell, I mean, holiday season's coming up. Maybe SeatGeek can help you get a sweet gift. Yep, Ten bucks off. One hundred percent. Our friends at SeatGeek last night. I'm sure a lot of people in the stadium last night. SeatGeek, download the app. Promo code Ham. SeatGeek promo code Ham. Just download the app. It's the easiest app to use. Concerts, comedy, you name it, they got it. Big green dot means good value. And like you were saying, and I've been up there too. At Levi's, like if you're like, well, do I want to sit at the top of the stadium if that's what you can afford? If that's the closest thing to what you can afford. The answer is, yeah, you can actually see the game pretty well up there. Yep. Seek Download the app. Promo code code ham. Um, real quick, Kittle. I want to get to Russell too, but this is where I do think it's good news for the Niners the way their season ends. Which is, I mean, you'd love to have them for Green Bay. You'd love to have them uh, for the Saints. But now the primary thing I just think about is winning the division, like beating Seattle the second time you play them at the end of the year. So it's nice that that game's at the end of the year. But you do just wonder, like he wasn't on the sideline. You know, you hurt guys, got to protect them. Well, is that remember that's the rule? You got to put them up if they're legitimately injured. If they're on, the, but but how come there's all kinds of guys that are dressed that aren't dressed out that stand on the sideline? That's a good question. I don't know. I would just I would I just, I just assume maybe you're he's right. He's legitimately hurt. That's, yeah, I just assume clear. like I don't want him getting run into by anybody. But when a guy's in sweats one day, you you can't assume he's going to be in pads on a short week. I'll tell you this, keeping my ear to later. the uh keeping my ear to the streets last night walking around a little pregame. Talk to Ian Williams? Uh I, I did not. Uh the, I think from what I've heard it's probably unlikely that he plays this week. So if if George Kittle is missing multiple weeks, pretty clear, you know, it's not good. Whatever is knee deep bone bru- I don't know, I got no clue what it is, but I mean it's multiple things. He's got a fucking sprained ankle, he's got knee bruises. That's not good because he is he is a dramatic loss for them. Like even you see like he's more important than Jimmy. Well, no, he's really not. Like you need your quarterback. But he's probably the second most important guy just because the entire offense revolves around him. It's like, I'd say this, if Seattle did not have Chris Carson, they would be in trouble because, I I gotta look up his stat line last night. Do you have the box score in front of you? Yeah, he was uh, 25 carries, 89 yards, a touchdown. Yeah, because Rashad Penny is unplayable. So the the backup to Carson, they, they can't replace it. It's not, despite Rashad Penny was a first-round pick last year, it's not replaceable that 
it's this is tough, man. He's, he's their best player. I mean, how many times could they have used going to him? Even a couple times where he's throwing to Dwelly, who again, Dwelly was good. Dwelly's not going to make the safety miss. He's going to kind of give him a stiff arm, but then he's going to go down. Kittle might toss the guy and go for another 30 yards that, you know, if if it's only going to be two weeks, like if he can play this Arizona game, if somehow he can, uh, you know, get back for the Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans stretch, it'd be a huge. But if some, if like worst case scenario, let's say he just doesn't come back this season, let's say worst case scenario, they would be fucked. Do you do you agree? Yeah, I mean, when I, I say fuck, like they could still make the playoffs, or they're gonna make the playoffs. I just mean they'd have no chance to do anything without him. He's yeah. that important. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, and I think this week, uh, this is not a week to freak out if Kittle doesn't play because I do think – now, provided they don't have a – let, because I tweeted this last night after the game. If this were college football, I would be like 95% convinced the Niners were going to lose their next game. That's usually what happens to college football teams when they lose a game like that. But this isn't college football and they're playing the Cardinals. Um Given the way they just played on Monday night, they should be able to beat the Arizona Cardinals at home on Sunday on a short week without George Kittle. I won't freak out if he doesn't play in this game because they should believe that they can beat the Cardinals, even though they just it took a road game Thursday night, three points. They should be better this time around um, if they got their heads right. What they need is to have Kittle back in two weeks when they, like you said, when they play the Packers and then they go to the Ravens and then they go to the Saints because now we're really talking about the NFC playoff seating is totally on the line. If you don't, if you can't beat the Cardinals without them at home, then you probably got some other issues. Like your offensive line isn't getting any better. Jimmy's still making some mistakes. Um, so I, I like to, this week is not the week that I freak out if Kittle doesn't play. If I'm a Niner fan, in fact, this is the week I I try to get him healthy for what is going to be Dece- basically the end of November, December in the playoffs. If he doesn't play for the Green Bay game, then it's borderline disaster. Yeah, if he doesn't play for the, you're right. If he doesn't play for the Green Bay game, then then we got some real issues. If you're D- disaster might be strong, but definitely we got we got a fire going on, and we got to figure out a way to contain it, or it's going to grow and it could get out of control. Because yeah, is this game must win this week now? Just given that the opponent's coming up. Yes. Yeah, you can't lose the Cardinals. Yes, and because I think it's just given what the Seattle game was, it's clear you guys can, you can't let this game carry over for you. You can't look like a team because the fact is, John, this team has not really played in any big, big, big games. And they haven't really been a team that's had to deal with success for long. So here's their first opportunity to just, you have a target on your back. Now you have some adversity. Do you respond the way that really good teams respond and just beat the team you're supposed to beat and find a way? Yeah, my, my guess is, Guy, that when tomorrow hits, we find out that, Kyle, they don't practice. Like, maybe they do some walkthrough stuff. Wouldn't you, would not you be shocked if they have, like, a normal practice on Wednesday, given that they just played this game? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I would Im- imagine it's very, very light. It might just be all meetings. And I think you playing a game, and same with Seattle. Seattle, actually, are they on a bye this week? Uh, uh because they they're eight and two, so they've played ten games. They they have not had their bye yet. You have the schedule in front of you. Yeah, they they are on their bye. They don't they play the Eagles on the twenty fourth, so, so they have God, a bye. If you're gonna get a win like that going into your bye, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? No. <laughs> it's probably a little Niners, easier to empty the tank when you know it's a double whammy when you're the Niners. It's like you lose the game, you play, it, and then you got a game Sunday. Hell, if you told me that they do very limited practice all week, I could believe you. The only saving grace for them, and I guess 
by nature of not having the bye, they should is that both these games are at home. That the game itself was at home, and that the Cardinals game is at home. And and you're also playing the Cardinals and the worst your, team on your schedule. Yeah. You know the remaining worse than the Falcons. Not yeah, as dangerous. Not as yeah, dangerous. I, I would say worse than the Falcons, just because that the Falcons. I mean, at any moment, Julio and Calvin could have huge. You know, just. I mean, you're playing Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, the Falcons do have a coach and a quarterback and many players that have won playoff games, been in the Super Bowl. I, I can't even. I, I just don't take the Cardinals that seriously. Though I take them seriously enough that, like, they are a weird team to play. Right, right. They're not like, you would die for this week to be like the Redskins week, you know, at, at Levi's, right? Because yeah. even the Dolphins, you'd be like, well, that'd be a tough one. They'll give you good effort. They'll fight. <laughs> you know, the Bengals would probably be the team. Yeah, yeah. I you just need him back. Just the fact, and and really, you need Emmanuel Sant. I mean, this team without Emmanuel Sant, you we saw in a short amount of time what a difference he makes. But it feels like it's going to be a little while for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I mean, I expect him to if he broke ribs, that that ain't good. Uh, all right. The other side of it, man. Russell Wilson, like you said, and we, this is exactly what John. This is exactly what we talked about before the game. What kind of game is Russell going to have? And we agreed. There's no bad game for Russell. There's just great game or okay game, but then does Russell things. And this was, I mean, the Russell things he did in this game were just outrageous. The touchdown to, to uh, Hollister, Hollister model, was when you talk about touch on a pass, you know the ball, I don't even know. I, can't, I can only imagine the balls it takes in the red zone, in the red zone where there's like 20 guys everywhere within a 10-yard window to throw that lollipop the way he threw that thing. I mean, that was that was one of the balls of your passes. I, I, that was an incredible Pro, might, might be the play of the weekend. Because my entire – I immediately went to Twitter. I was like, oh, my God, magician. Just uh, – Guy, he had him in overtime, too, when Greenlaw picked him. Like, if he hits – if the yeah. lollipop's a little higher, doesn't Hollister walk right into the end zone? That's the one thing with the lollipops – on the play to Hollister, as long as you overthrow it, you either hit him or there was no one behind him. On the Greenlaw one, if you do underthrow him, now it took a great play. He is he the best lollipop thrower you've ever seen? Yeah. If you told me because I don't, you, I haven't seen the touchdown to Hollister. I haven't seen anybody make that throw. If who you told me you could pay to watch one NFL player, who would it be? I would say, well, Brady. He's actually probably a cooler television product, just the Patriots in general. I don't know if he'd be that. Like, you get him on a week where they throw, like, 200 yards and he's dumping the ball down. Now, you're seeing Tom Brady, so you could always be like, I saw Tom Brady. But I just, if you just want to be entertained, I don't even think it's a question. Well, Maybe Rodgers. I've seen some. I've seen a couple Rodgers games live. He's pretty special. So, it, it'd probably be between those two. Yeah, I think, like... I would lean Russ. Watching like to me, Brady's a surgeon. Russ is a magician. Nobody goes. People, you don't pay money to go watch a surgery, even though it's far more impressive than magic, right? Eight hours standing there with doing like eight inch, eight centimeter, eight millimeter little. That, that's why. Cuts. That's why you'd probably put Rodgers in that. That's Rodgers is the best of both worlds. Yeah, right. He could be the surgeon. He could be the magician. And really, Russell can too. To me, but, if you were paying, it, it would be Rodgers or Russ. I'd lean Russ. I, I, I think he's one of my favorite players ever. I know Niner fans. No one – there have been players over the years, and I think it works for recent, like with the Warriors. People hated LeBron. People hate Harden. I don't get many 49er fans that hate Russ. They no, all just, think, like, 
every single one of them to a man and woman, this is, we don't discriminate, will say that that's the best player we ever play. Like consistently play. What's every his record year. against the Niners now? 13 and three guy, <laughs> 13 and three. He, I don't know. You probably didn't get a chance to see his interview after the game, but I, I think it's, I, don't, I hate to say this because now it sounds like I'm doing like Niners post game. Russell Wilson had some great things to say about the Niners afterwards, but it was a high. It was just a high level game, and to me, it was a game that really I don't even. You don't need a box score. Like it was a perfect game for you. It was a perfect game to be at because you don't need to be following the stats as you're watching that game. You're just watching people make plays, and Russell's stats are always actually pretty good when it's all said and done. But to me, it's the stuff he does that's just. The create the outside of the box, art, artistic, what no one else can do, while also having the ability to, by and large, that's why the interception was so shocking because he usually doesn't make mistakes. Um, and it was a great play by Greenlaw. God, that was a great play. But he's just – he really is the last guy probably – who's the last quarterback you'd want in your division? Probably him or Rodgers. Well, to me, he – him and Rodgers are on this level, probably because over they Brady. can beat you with worse teams. Yeah, to me, over Brady of this would be the argument against Kyle. Who's the last guy in a million years you want to give the ball back to? Like a minute forty, overtime, fourth quarter, whatever. Like it'd probably be him. Yeah. And what did he do? He had a couple of those plays where he scrambles away. He made a couple throws. And you just knew it. Like everyone, it wasn't death by a thousand cuts. It was death by a couple like pretty hard slam. Uh, uh, you know, machete wounds. It was like, oh, oh, he hit you again, and it was, you just knew it was coming. That's the, is, that's that. You see, that's the part, man. Is you just like, me, oh, he's he the did ulti- that thing he does again. He, he's the ultimate competitor. The ultimate just. It's it's different probably than like Montana, where you knew who's going to throw because it's the double whammy. It's he can make the throw and then he can make the incredible scrambles to then throw, or he can make the scrambles. Doesn't it look like he's much slower than he once was, or does he just? Maybe he has to conserve energy, so he's not going to take off in a full sprint. Yeah, I just think he's really deliberate. He's just so. I think sometimes when you're smooth, it looks like you're slow. I just think he's so smooth. But you're right; he's never like in a full, full sprint. Because I think a big part of his game is like juking. It's like it's setting. He's always feels like he's setting you up for something, and that's what's terrifying. Yeah, it was. He, he just. Uh, it, he just everything goes slow for him. It's. How's he not going to win the MVP this year? Yeah, he's the MVP. Don't you think just because the one problem for Lamar and Deshaun, this guy's been doing it for so long. And I think most people agree he's one of the best players we've ever – I mean, it's not even debatable anymore, like first ballot Hall of Famer, all that shit, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. set. Are we in concrete on that? <laughs> we're, we're in concrete, yeah. <laughs> like there's no more conversation about any of this. Uh, it's over. This to me is like the stamp on the resume of – I'm one of the greatest quarterbacks. I mean, are we six or seven years away from talking about, is this guy one of the seventh, eighth best yeah, players I, in the history of the league? Is that where poss- he's kind of trending? I mean, he needs, to me, he doesn't need anything other than to keep playing on good teams. He doesn't need he doesn't need an MVP. He doesn't need another Super Bowl. He just needs to keep playing on good teams. Like, he's got, you know, he's going to have the MVP. He's got the Super Bowl. Uh, and he's just as long as his teams are good, he and, the, and his team is his franchise well, how's his is team, consistently how's his team good. Not going to be good. They're consistently in big games, and we're already kind of when we watch a Seahawks game, you already turn on a Seahawks game just because it's the Seahawks. So all his games that are in prime time get eyeballs, and then he just delivers every time, delivers every single time. What would you say the top three stars in the league? Him, Rodgers, and Brady. Yeah, 
pretty like on a clear kind of tier by themselves now. It, yeah, it I was mean, like less the true. I would say I wouldn't say star. I'd say faces of the league, right? Because Odell at times is like a, oh, yeah, as big yeah. a star. But the but quarterbacks we, are always way bigger, but, right? But the fa- like the guys who just have pelts on the wall, who've played in countless big games, who've made countless big plays. Yeah, I I, I turn into kind of a little kid when I watch Russ. I just I just fucking love him. I mean, I, I he's one of the, my favorite players ever to watch any sport. I, I will because every time, guy, he delivers. Even when he he's bad, he's I will worth say your this. eyeballs. I will say this is where you hate having him in your division, but at least for the Niners this year, as time goes on, they'll have to maintain this level of a defensive pass rush. But I think I think every Niners sack came on. They had five sacks. I think they're all on third down. Uh, on Monday night, both quarterbacks got sacked five times, but they there were like though like those guys just. I do think they held up pretty well against the MVP of the NFL, the well, Niners' yeah. defensive front. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it should. I mean, it is the best front. But that's what I'm I saying. Think, it's just like yeah. that's – that's like you you are not – I don't think at this point we can say, Jimmy and Russell, toe-to-toe, go get him, Jimmy. And that's okay <laughs> no, because of the can't. defensive front that he – like, but but those guys – and they, they, made, they made a ton of plays. But you just see how many plays you have to make. Now, again, I do think this Niners' offense can be better if they get healthy, but – I did come away feeling like, you know what, the math is now tough because they haven't lost that many games and they just beat you at home. It's not ideal, and you still got to play these teams you got to play. But I did come away feeling pretty good about this Niners defense. Just the team in general. Yeah, I mean, I I heard Coward say it this morning. Jimmy Garoppolo and Sam Darnold had the same number of starts in their career. I think sometimes we forget that just because he is an older player. You know, I mean, Russell's been starting eight years, never missed a game. Yeah, I'm not a mathematician. You do the math eight times sixteen, all the playoff games. Like Jimmy, I just has not played very much. That's the other thing. He just has not played that many games. Well, how many games has he played in his career now? Like eighteen? It's just not that many. So, Nineteen, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, Russ is just in the peak of his powers, and you'd say, well, he's probably gonna be in the peak of his powers because now, even as a quote unquote runner, he is not dependent on really running fast. <laughs> he runs slow and he slides. So it, if, it would probably take, like, how does he have a catastrophic injury? He doesn't really, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't what know. if DK Metcalf gets better? Like well, we've talked he, about, like, odds are he will. Yeah. Because it feels like Russell's done it for a while without, like, who's his elite. Even when he had really good receivers, right? He didn't have a physical freak. Who's the best receiver he's ever had? Doug Baldwin? Even Lockett. I mean, Lockett's like. Lockett's tiny. Who in I theory, think, Jimmy Graham? Maybe what happened to Lockett? Had a some contusion. He spent the night in the hospital. He didn't even fly home with the team. I guess the swelling was so bad. Oh wow, that's that's not good for him. Well, what a game, guy. It was wild, man. Still buzzing. I can tell you're still buzzing. You didn't go to sleep last night. No, you're on that Pete Carroll. I know. HGH, baby. All right. On Enjoy that note, the day. Peace. Win the win the day. Win the day in honor of. Uh, and Pete, not really Pete, but is that Pete? What was Pete's? Always compete. Oh, yeah, yeah. Compete, 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 or something. Yeah, somebody always. Out. I think every, it's always compete. Comp- every day was comp- competition. Yeah, always compete. Something like that. Yeah, Taco Tuesday or is that LeBron? <laughs> <laughs> he had something on Tuesday, didn't he? Like wacky, we- yeah, some weird shit. Well, he, okay, he had competition Wednesdays, right? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. All right, later. later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.